Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your one-stop shop for all things vapor. Central Vapors is your vaping headquarters and one-stop online vape shop for all things vapor. Find the best e-juices, like take advantage of cheap vape deals and buy premium vape juice liquids in stores or right here from Central Vapors Online Vape Shop. Rock on! And how you guys doing? Welcome to the special show here on Motorcycle Madhouse. Yes, it's one of them freaking weekend ones, man, we're going to be doing. And we're going to be talking about RICO today. Many people don't know what RICO is and the implications that it has on MCs and other organizations. I think it's a big old scam, baby. That's what I think. And we're going to go real in-depth with this subject today that's all we're going to talk about is rico or better known as the racketeering uh influence and corruption uh, organization act and this was one that was passed in the 1970s and it runs hand in hand with a 12 billion dollar a year business if you ask me yes you heard that 12 billion dollars and this rico act has been used on almost every major one percent club and i might uh contend maybe some other clubs besides one percenters over the years uh from my recollection the first time it was ever used was on the hell's angels in the late 70s dropped it in the 80s and Sonny Barger was uh, actually one of the targets in that one because California had a big old hard-on for the Hells Angels back then. Uh, but it is a $12 billion business because what goes hand-in-hand hand with RICO is civil forfeitures. And actually, right now, in modern times, the Mongols were facing this. Facing it. They were declared, uh, and I don't know how a whole organization, people that had nothing to do with anything, probably none of them had criminal records, the club was RICO'd. Right now, I do believe it's an appeals, but we'll show you a story which ended up where the government tried to take their property as far as logos, designs, trademarks, the whole nine yards. Now, what is the importance to, you know, to Rico within the club scene? Well, Rico convictions usually lead these dimwits over at the U.S. Justice Department to label them criminal organizations or better known as a syndicate, which I never really understood. 
never understood why they would pack MC clubs in with syndicates. And the reason being is if you think about it logically, you got to be logical about this now. Motorcycle clubs, even the top five around the world, has tens of thousands of members. Now, if they were truly a syndicate, which means organized with a leadership level conducting throughout those entire members' orders, which is never the case, they would they would be right up there with cartels with them kind of numbers. And God forbid they ever come to a table like they did in the old days with Luciano and stuff and settled their beefs and had their commission. My God, it would. Uh, you think the government's scared now? <laughs> that would be even worse. Because you have an entire organization that is working with each other. And we all know cops and the government, they don't like bikers. And you can't say that isn't true. They show it all the time down in Texas. They showed all the time in Cali. They tried this with uh, the Vagos out in Nevada. And the Vagos stuck together and they beat these charges. When somebody gets recoed, it is hard to beat these charges. 98% of the time, the government gets the win. Why? It's not because these people are guilty. It's because the government has all the resources it needs to go after you. It has it all. And usually the defendants, they run out of money. So they can't defend themselves. Doesn't uh, sound like a fair shake uh, to me, does it? No, it doesn't. Let's take a look at uh, some of this information I got right now and we'll go through it. Proponents see civil forfeiture as a powerful tool to thwart criminal organizations involved in the illegal drug trade with $12 billion of annual profits. Yes, that's a $12 billion, since it allows authorities to seize cash and other assets from suspected narcotics traffickers. That is a lot of money. And then people, you know, we're just doing a couple things here. Uh, the forfeited cash and funds generated through the sale of forfeited property are used by the government to fund community-based programs that support victims of crime and help prevent crime, including shelters for the victims of family violence. If you believe that, I got an island to sell you for about a dollar. No, uh-uh. That is not true at all. A lot of it goes back into their budgets. This is a whole industry, a $12 billion industry. They used the stomp all over your civil rights. Now, in 94, there was a couple cases that came uh, you know, in front of the Supreme Court, and they disagreed. Disagreed. What has happened from the initial purpose of this legislation is obscene it is truly obscene in the 70s it was supposed to go after the mob because back then the mob syndicate were pretty tough they couldn't break them 
That's what this was originally used for. But now they're using it for everything, man. Everything. I think it's 34 or 35 crimes listed in this RICO Act. If you commit two in a 10-year period, you're now eligible to be gone after with this RICO charge. Now let's dive a little bit into the RICO charge, and we'll use uh, Wikipedia for this. Just a general overview. The Racketeering, or the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organization Act is a United States federal law that provides for extended criminal penalties and a civil cause of action. There it is. Civil cause of action for acts performed as a part of an ongoing criminal organization. The RICO Act focuses specifically on racketeering and allows the leaders of a syndicate Leaders of a syndicate to be tried for the crimes they were ordered others to do or assisted them in doing. Closing a perceived loophole that allowed a person who instructed someone else to, for example, murder, to be exempt from the trial because they did not actually commit the personal crime. Personally did it. Now, it was enacted uh, by Section 901A of the Organized Crime Control Act of 1970. You know, right around the time uh, old Bobby got assassinated. Uh, but he was a prick. He was going after everybody uh, that was Italian, man. That's why FBI in our neighborhood was considered forever bother the Italians. So they had to have something to go after these guys with. But... With anything, with the government, they have to take it 10 freaking miles from what it was supposed to be used for. So some prick in California in the late 70s wanted to use the RICO Act against Sonny Barger and Hells Angels. Now, what's bad, you know, let's put that aside for a minute because we'll go through the article on that. What is bad when some of this stuff goes down and people decide to plead guilty? Now, you'll have people say, well, they pleaded guilty because they didn't have the money to fight, or they pleaded guilty because they, you know, didn't want, they wanted a lesser sentence. Here's the problem with that. There was always a saying, in my neighborhood at least, you never pleaded guilty. You always went to trial no matter what. And the reason for that being is a part of that guilty plea is you're admitting that the organization you were with, and they make you do this, was a criminal organization. And this has happened in the past with MCs, where they might have not ratted, but I would contend they did worse by pleading guilty because then they're on record saying, yeah, I was a part of a criminal organization. Next thing you know, the DOJ is labeling that organization as criminal. Where we all know, come on, man, a 1% club, any of the top fives, they're not all criminals, man. You know, I know there's the propaganda and all the BS that's always put out there. Yeah, yeah they're a criminal organization. 
All you have to do is look at some of the comments on my freaking uh, HarleyLiberty.com website, the Biker News one, or in the comment sections of the rest of the platforms, and you'll see numbnuts that actually agree with that statement. Yes, all one percenters are nothing but filthy, dirty criminals. That's how propaganda works. You only have to say it uh, 10,000 times and somebody's going to start believing it. And then it gets passed and passed and passed and passed. And what you wanted people to uh, approve of is there. But that is the problem with pleading guilty. And that's a very important point. Again, it was always the case where you didn't dare do that. Because you were admitting that that organization is criminal. All the major clubs that had these RICO convictions or went to RICO and guys pleaded freaking guilty for a lesser charge or to get stuff dropped, they admitted that before a judge. They affirmed it. And that does a lot of damage. A lot of damage when people do that. Because, again, you got the DOJ that now labels most of the top five as criminal organizations. And now the cops feel like they got a free pass on whoever they want to screw with. Well, you were, uh, and you see it in the biker news all the time. You see it all the time. Where something happens in an article, I'll put that right there in black and white in front of everybody. The DOJ considers this a criminal organization. It's kind of hard to get, you know, around that kind of stuff when it's put in front of your face or in front of citizens' faces all the time. It really is. So let's look at this uh, prosecution of the uh, Hell's Angels in what was it, late 70s, but we'll figure it out right now. Uh, now, this is a New York Times, and this is a real old article. This was from February 26 of 1981. The federal government's attempt to break up the Oakland Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, and uh, at that time it was only focusing it on the Oakland, uh, through prosecutions ended today with the dismissal of charges against 11 members. The dismissal came after two trials ended in a mistrial when the jury was unable to reach a verdict. Well, thank God. The first trial with 18 defendants went on for nine months, ending the, uh, last July. But remember, this is in the 80s, guys. Real old article. Uh, the second trial with 11 defendants, some of whom were being uh, retried, began October 3rd and ended in both trials, the defendants were accused of being involved in a criminal conspiracy. You want to look at the different times here. This is very, very important. In 2020, people are a lot brighter about when it comes to MCs. Back in the 80s, before it was cool to be a damn biker, this is what they used to do all the time, the bikers. All the freaking time. You're nothing but a bunch of criminals. You suck this. You suck that. You know, throw you on your face in the ground. It was not cool to be a biker, man. It really wasn't. Not like it is today. Uh, 
let's see here. The indictments were voted on uh, June 13th, 1979. On the evidence gathered by agents of the DEA, the FBI, and the ATF, and the Treasury Department. Yeah, that's how many they, they went after them hardcore back then. Uh, the charge in each case was violation of federal law, the racketeer influence and corrupt organization law. Well, 70, this one says 69. Uh, the RICO section of the criminal code, as it became known, was an effort by the Nixon administration to meet law enforcement problems. Amy, I was wondering, you know, if it, why didn't they use this against Nixon, man? Oh, right. Wait a second. Didn't he receive a pardon from his vice president? I don't know. I got to look in my history. Don't quote me there. In the Hells Angel cases, the charge was that the organization operated an illegal manufacturing plant and distribution system for methamphetamine. However, the indictments listed a range of vicious crimes that were described as part of the major plan to sell drugs. From what I understand about this, I was just a kid at this time, but I do remember some of the news on it. This freaking California prick, DA, had a hard on for DHA. And he was, it's kind of like when a politician runs for governor and they want to act like they're tough on crime. And next thing you know, there's the death penalties going on left and right because they got to show that they're tough on crime. That's kind of what this idiot was doing. He was a freaking ass. Uh, then he says these included murders and attempted murders. Some of these crimes had already been dealt with in state courts through conviction of Hells Angels members who committed them. And this fact troubled some of the jurors who voted against conviction in the first trial. They said afterwards... Also, the jurors in both trials said they were troubled by being asked to convict an organization, the Motorcycle Club. Another problem for the prosecution was that some of its most compelling evidence came from witnesses who were granted immunity. Yeah, immunity. One former member of Hells Angels was given immunity in six murders. Six and received fifty-four thousand in various payments. Think he's going to be a little biased against the ones he's testifying against? I do not believe that you should allow these kind of deals between prosecutors. Now they'll say it's the less of the two evils. Okay, well if this is true, to six murders. But you let him say whatever he wanted against the club. And I'm glad the jurors at that time figured that off. Quote, they let these people off, people who committed more crimes than the people they were trying. Ooh, ouch. William A. Word, 44 years old. Uh, he's a lot older than that. He's in his 80s probably now. Of San Jose, a juror who was one of nine voting for acquittal. I just felt I couldn't believe them. Bravo, bravo. The jury foreman, Bob Russell, 52, of Oakland, was one of three voting for conviction. He defended the use of the witnesses with immunity on the ground that 
They were the type of people we were dealing with, people who dealt with these people. Don't you find that funny? These people. Say it with disdain. It was not clear just how much the government had invested in the effort. William Hunter, the U.S. attorney, estimated 4 to $7 million. Defense attorneys collected more than $650,000 as court-appointed counsel, and they placed the cost at 10 to $20 million. That's a case they lost. One of the first ones brought against a club. I think it's uh, total horseshit, don't you? <laughs> total horseshit with all this. Let's go to another one here. 23 alleged Vagos outlaw motorcycle gang members and associates indicted on federal RICO charges. Now, this one we covered. We covered this one. I think it was last year. Everybody stuck together. Nobody took any deals. Nobody ratted. And they beat the case. If you stick together and stick to your guns, you can beat these kind of cases. Now, let's go to the thing here. 23 alleged Vagos outlaw motorcycle gang members and associates indicted. This was June 16th of 2017 from the Office of Public Affairs. They were so happy that they put it on them. A federal indictment was unsealed today charging 23 alleged members and associates of the Vagos Motorcycle Gang, OMG, including some of its most senior leaders, in a conspiracy involving racketeering, murder, robbery, kidnapping, and aggravated assault, among others. Uh, the indictment was returned by a grand jury in Las Vegas. Quote, today the rule of law dealt a serious blow to the Vagos Outlaw Motorcycle Gang, a so-called brotherhood, you see the disdain in there, responsible for drug addiction, death, and mayhem in multiple locations, including California, Arizona, Hawaii, Oregon, and Nevada, said Acting Assistant Attorney General Blanco. Today's coordinated takedown of this Boyker organization leadership is a victory for all of us who respect and love our country and a testament to the bravery and dedication of federal, state, and local law enforcement men and women who keep our community safe. Really? Uh, they walked because you put a damn freaking liar on the stand and admitted that he was a liar on the stand to save his own ass, and next thing you know, your whole case fell apart. I'm wondering, well, shit. Hopefully they sue the hell out of you for those comments. All they have to do is look at the video. Now it's there. They had such a hard-on for them. And did you notice they made claims that this was happening in other states? How do you make them claims? In that court. You're, you're dealing with it in Vegas. See these broad statements that come out of these people? Even more. Let's go to this one. Central District of California, January 11th of 2019. 
this is right before the judge said no you're not try you're not taking this you're not taking that that when then of course these pricks uh, appealed it from the the district attorney's office uh federal jury orders motors uh mongols motorcycle gang to forfeit logos this on the U.S. Department of Justice's website. After finding the Mongols outlaw motorcycle gang guilty of racketeering offenses last month, how do you find the whole organization guilty? Still haven't had it explained, right? Finding that there was a direct connection between the gang's crimes and the trademark logos that prosecutors said formed the core of the motorcycle gang's identity. The forfeiture verdict culminates a decade-long, listen to that, decade-long. Most of the people that were in the Mongols probably weren't even around a decade ago. Then they're getting freaking rico for this stuff? So-called badass Doc uh, the Rat Caveos, man. Oh boy, he was a rat and a half. He's the one who said uh, they were a criminal organization, I believe. Uh, 77 members who were previously found guilty of racketeering offense. Today's verdict, which will result in the forfeiture of the Mongols' legal interest in the word Mongols, the gang's center patch that depicts a goateed motorcycle rider, and combination of the two patches awful seen on uh, Mongol's vest is the first of its kind in the nation. And yes, the drugs, the judge said, no, nah, it ain't happening. Then you idiots reappealed it. I don't see where the hell you can uh, go with that, but I think it's going to end up in the Supreme Court probably. Uh, the verdict also ordered the forfeiture of scores of items uh, bearing the Mongol's name and logo. That's all they wanted. They wanted to be pricks about everything, even though the people they went after was 10 years. 10 years, 2009 at the time of this uh, judgment. That's how long these pricks are that freaking uh, spiteful. They just want a notch for their belts. And I believe that's why this RICO law is used as a tool that it wasn't intended for. It's a very bad deal when you pass a law that's supposed to, how can I say it, benefit the community, but instead you make it into a $12 billion industry and you have jackasses that are using it to put notches in their belt and to take people's money. One more thing here. What constitutes a RICO violation? To violate RICO, a person must engage in a pattern of racketeering activity connected to an enterprise. The law defines 35 offenses as constituting racketeering, including gambling, murder, kidnapping, arson, drug dealing, bribery, significantly uh, mail fraud, and wire fraud. I find it funny that gambling's on there, where it's legal everybody where else, but gambling because they don't get their cut of the pie. Unreal, isn't it? 
and I wanted to do this episode so people understood a little bit about it. How the DOJ came to call motorcycle clubs, certain ones, criminal organizations, they actually encourage motorcycle club profiling. They actually encourage law enforcement to step all over their freaking civil rights. That is what's come out of this act. Sad state of affairs, man. And when people do not dig down or don't do their homework and they're just sheeple and follow everything the media, the cops, and everybody has to say, you wonder why we have problems in this country. We have big problems in this country and it's because a lot of people are sheep. So the next time you hear or see comments where these people say, well, all of them are motorcycle gangs or criminals, blah, blah, blah. You can put them in their freaking place. And do I believe on the other side of the aisle that clubs, I always say, have to police their own because they're bringing this type of heat. Don't let a few members cause the law enforcement brigade to come down on your ass. To me, that's not brotherhood, especially when they, you don't get the piece of the buy. So that's my thoughts on that. What's your guys' thoughts? Let me know in the uh, comments section. Rico, big state of affairs, man. Big state of affairs because it affects a lot of people. And it's sad that, that the government makes a industry out of this. I couldn't believe it when I seen $12 billion. That's going on all over the place, and those are the civil forfeiture laws. I think civil forfeiture should be on the plate as far as uh, bikers' rights, man. Somebody put that in their freaking uh, platform, do something with it, because, damn, that's a lot of damn money. So with that, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Make sure to listen to us Monday through Friday over on uh, YouTube, all the platforms, all that good stuff at 8 p.m. Uh, or 8 a.m., 8 a.m. Central Standard Time for your daily biker news. But I wanted to put this video out because a person just aggravated the hell out of me talking about Rico and stuff. And it's like, dude, you are fucking ignorant. That's all I have to say. So I figured I'd explain it a little better. So with that... You know, hopefully you guys are having a good weekend, uh, staying safe out there. Man, hopefully it's not going to be snowing uh, up here anytime soon, but we'll see how it happens. Until then, I'll talk to you guys later. You all be good. Visit Zero 3D for some of the best motorcycle accessories on the market. They have engine accessories, exhaust seats, and some of the best lightning on the market. Zero 3D is a trusted retailer of bikers and motorcycle enthusiasts around the world. Go check them out through the link in the description box on all insane throttle platforms. Rock on!
Viking Motorcycle Bag sourced the highest quality weather-resistant leather from around the world. Viking Bags employs the most skilled fiberglass and leather craftsmen to manufacture the best saddle bags you can find. Viking Bags take care of their customers with some of the most hardworking and caring customer service members in the industry. Visit Viking Bags now and get your next set of motorcycle bags rock on. Your one-stop shop for all things vapor. Central Vapors is your vaping headquarters and one-stop online vape shop for all things vapor. Find the best e-juices like take advantage of cheap vape deals and buy premium vape juice liquids in stores or right here from Central Vapors Online Vape Shop. Rock on! 